0: Amen. Give it up for the worship team. They said they're going to help us worship. They don't do anything else. They're going to help us be able to see and sing to God. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, it is great to be here worshiping and seeing the moms that are here today, giving hugs and seeing the dads, too, because you had a part in it, too, too. Right. You had a part. And of course, the children. You know, I'm thankful for uh, the teen ministry. You know, it's just some ministries out there that every time you see them, you just smile. And the teen ministry is one of those uh, ministries. That's some good. Let's give it up for the teen ministry, man. Before we jump into the word of God, I want to make sure we got a couple bits of information, events. I want to make sure you guys know with the teens, for those that are going to youth camp, the price goes up tonight. All right. So parents, if you're paying for your child or child, if you're paying for yourself, go ahead and get that deposit, that $50 deposit in tonight by midnight. And that's specifically for the teen camp that's coming up here in June. The elementary and the middle school camp, you still got a little ways uh, to pay your deposit. But for the teen ministry, the price does go up uh, starting tonight at midnight. Also, when it comes to uh, this, this coming up week, we are having small groups, uh, actually for the next three weeks, and then we're going to have uh, congregational regional midweeks, but talk to the person who invited you. These are just great opportunities to sometimes we eat meals, sometimes we play games, but every time we fellowship and we get to talk about God's word. So talk to the person who brought you uh, if this is your first time ever hearing about a Bible talk or small group next week we will continue our gospel in Acts teaching uh, we'll actually start with the book of Acts so we'll be back here at 12 o'clock uh, having a great time with the digging deeper series in Acts and then lastly do we have any men in the house oh, man I'm watching them teens to see which one raised their hands uh, I saw one I saw one so we got leadership gold. Uh, a couple months ago, we had Stepping Up. That was a Monday night men's series. We did 10 weeks here at the Plano Building, and we learned different ways that we can step up in our spiritual lives. We're going to continue that going. And we're going to talk specifically about leadership. How do we lead in our families? How do we lead in our workplaces? And most importantly, how do we lead in the kingdom of God, using some content by John Maxwell. So some of the sample topics we're going to talk about is the toughest person to lead is always yourself. So we're going to kick off the event, talking about that, and that's actually tomorrow at 7 o'clock. We do need to, if you plan to come, if you're visiting for the first time and you want to come, it will be here. It'll be for six weeks. We'll take a break on Memorial Day uh, for the holiday for that. But we'll end June 25th, and it'll go from 7 p.m. to about 8.45. Tomorrow, since it's the first time we meet together, dinner will be on the house. All right? So we're going to have a great time, and it's not going to be communion bread. We're not going to do that. We're actually going to have some, some food for us, so that will be a great time of fellowship. Uh, so for the members, you have an email with the sign-up uh, so that you can save your spot. Uh, and if you didn't get that email, see me afterwards or send me a text, and I can send that uh, to you. But let's get into the Word, because that's what y'all came here for, right? You came here to hop into God's Word. So uh, before we open it, let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I just thank you for giving us an opportunity to uh, show our appreciation to you for our mothers For our grandmothers, for our aunts, and just the women in our lives that help form our character. I thank you for the ladies that we have here. Uh, The ladies that uh, lend their ear for those that need it. That give a shoulder uh, for those that need a shoulder to cry on. Or just an apt word or encouragement. I thank you for how you have designed your kingdom, God. You have given us different parts of the body different parts, different roles that we play so that we can be made whole. I pray for our time as we, we look at Mary and her son Jesus and see how we can understand how much you want to parent us, how much you want to lead us, and how much you care for us. We love you, and all this we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, ma'am, the sermon title for this afternoon. Is child of God. Because all of us are children of someone. You know, we we have mothers and not everybody is mothers. Not everyone fits that category. So I'm like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Let's talk about something that we all fall in the category of. We all have the opportunity to get back to our rightful status of being a child of God. And I want to use a passage of a very popular mother in the word of God, the mother of Jesus, Mary. If you can, guys could turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Because one thing that reading through this passage this week is that Mary baffled me with the comment that they said about her when it comes to this instance. Let me ask you guys this question. Have you ever lost a child before? As far as you're at Walmart, you're at the store, and little Billy or little Susie got away from you, you couldn't find them. We got any anybody that, that fit that? What about have you been that person that was lost? <laughs> we, got, we got some of those too. We're going to read a story here about Jesus. And Jesus, when he was 12 years old, He found a way to shake his mom and dad. And the statement that they said about Mary will baffle you. Let's start here in verse 41. We're in Luke chapter 2. If you got your Bible, your digital Bible, or whatever you have, let's turn to it or scroll to it. It says here in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem, Jesus' parents, for the feast of the Passover. When he was... 12 years old they went up to the feast according to the custom after the feast was over while his parents were returning home the boy jesus stayed behind in jerusalem but they were unaware of it thinking he was in their company they traveled on for a day then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends when then when they did not find him they went back to jerusalem to look for him get this after three days Imagine not finding your child for three days. They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you just like Jesus, he says, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be at my father's house? Wow. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth, their home, with them and was obedient to them. But get this. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in the favor with God and men. I mean, imagine being in this predicament. And after everything is said and done, the word describes you as treasuring these things in your heart. And I know for me, if I lost Nicholas for four days, because they traveled four days. I mean, imagine, put yourself in Mary's shoes, right? You, know, you have this great time for Passover, you're there for maybe up to a week celebrating when the Jews were released out of Egypt uh, and went into the promised land. So you're there every religiously, every year, you're coming to celebrate the Passover. You come, you have your family, you have your entourage with you, and then you're like, okay, we had a great time. And like it's time to go home. Hey, we got everybody, let's go. Then after a day, you realize, you're like, you know what? Where's Jesus at? And then I'm, I'm not sure why they didn't recognize him. I'm not sure if, did he like to sing a lot? Or you like to pray a lot of practical jokes? You're like, you know what? I haven't seen Jesus in a while. You know, he's not quoting Isaiah anymore or, or singing the songs, right? Do y'all, y'all know where? He, oh, yeah, he's probably back there. And, and then they start looking. And then the half a day goes by, a full day goes by, and they're like, wait a second, he's not here. We've checked everything, and he isn't here. So what do you do? You probably panic, right? I know that's what I'll do. I was like, okay, wait, what do you mean he's not here? And we've been traveling today, so you think, what, 15, 20 miles? They might could travel within a day, maybe 5 to 10, not sure. They're like, okay, let's just go back to Jerusalem, because that's what the last place we saw him was eating some bread in Jerusalem and some fish, right? So they'll go back to Jerusalem and they look for a day and they still don't find him. I mean, I can imagine Mary, Mary thinking, okay, what is happening to my child? Because it's one thing for him to be gone for a day, but it's another thing to be gone overnight, right? And to be gone overnight again to the tune of three days later they probably go to the temple because it's, it's probably time for them to pray they're probably going after their own strength for three days they're like okay let's just go to the temple let's pray to see because after three days you, you're probably thinking the worst right It's like my child he's gone I'm not gonna see him again so maybe they go to the temple to pray and then They hear this voice, this voice, you know, the premature voice, 12-year-old. But you're like, wait, but it's, I hear it, but it's with grown men too. So ah, I must be hearing things. So, you know, they might continue to pray. But then they're like, no, that sounds like Jesus. That sounds like my boy. So you go over there and you see this group of men and right in between them, you have Jesus. You know, you're singing hallelujah, but in the same thing, you try to figure out, you know, do I give them a whooping right here in front of all these men? You know, what what do I do? Right? And they ask him, you know, you what what were you thinking? He says, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Amazed. You know, I couldn't imagine my child doing that. I know, do we have any 12-year-old boys in here now? We got close? Okay, so Mark, you 12? We got, we got a few. We got a few. So let me have y'all 12-year-old boys, 12-year-old boys stand up real quickly. Imagine these boys are sitting amongst the men in this group. And when you find them, after four days, you ask Trey, what, what are you doing, Trey? <laughs> Trey? And he says, hey, why are y'all searching for me? I'm not playing video games. You know, I'm I'm not going over my lines for the next play. No, I'm talking about scripture with these men. Let's give it up for these boys for talking about scripture. Amen. (laughs) Y'all can go ahead and sit back down. But imagine that. 12 years old. He's baffling. Amazed, it says. It says the guys were amazed at his understanding and his answers. I got two, two simple observations about Jesus. Because if I was lost, if I was twelve, you know, say if I was Chris or I was Mark, or if I was one of these young gentlemen, twelve years old, you finally see your parents, and it definitely looked like Jesus wasn't worried. Right? I don't know who he was spending the night with. <laughs> I'm not sure what was happening during those times, but he was cool as a cucumber. But one of the things that kids, these 12-year-old kids that are in here, if you ever go missing for four days, (laughs) I got two bits of advice for you. Number one, be be with respectable people when you get found, okay? (laughs) When your mom or dad, when they find you, you need to be with someone. They didn't have a cell phone back then, right? They didn't have Facebook where you can update your status and say, hey, mom and dad, I'm chilling with the teachers, right? (laughs) That's not what they had. But he was with respectable men. He was around people. He wasn't around the the riffraffs. He wasn't around the the other kids who, who lived life, you know, stealing from others or trying to to uh you know just cause havoc that's not who jesus was but the other thing i want you guys as 12 year olds to think about if you ever were lost for four days i'm not promoting it right is not only be around respectable people but be respectable around those people that you were with Think about Jesus here. They were amazed at him and his understanding. They were flat out amazed about what he brought to the table. This 12-year-old boy, the questions that he asked, the answers that he asked, the, the intuition that he had about God's word amazed them. Then I think about this. What happened in the previous 11 years when Jesus made this trip? Now, his family was devout. They religiously headed to Jerusalem for the Passover every year. What did he do when he was 11 years old? Did he go and question the teachers then? What changed from 11 to 12 for Jesus? One of the things I just, you know, just guessing is that Jesus finally understood who he was. He understood his identity. He understood that he was made for a purpose, and it just wasn't to be a carpenter. It just wasn't to be a wily kid, the 12-year-old. It wasn't just look forward to teenage life. He realized that this word that he's been reading that his mom and dad have been imparting into him was to help direct him in his life. He realized his identity, and as you sit in your seat right now, what's your identity? How do you describe yourself? You know, maybe okay, I'm a mom. I'm a grandmother. I'm a student. I'm a cousin. I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm an only child. I'm a friend. I'm a coworker. I'm a boss. How do you describe yourself? But then if you were lost for four days, where would you be? Where would your family find you? I remember a crazy story back when I was in back when I was uh, in campus, mean, you know, I had two roommates, and one of my roommates loved to play video games. And when I say love, I'm not talking about like. Steven, I'm talking about love. As, uh, he loved video games and one time my man was gone for three days without calling anybody this is my roommate right didn't call we called him hey you know, hey, where you at man I haven't seen you for a while day one hey man I haven't seen you for a while day two three days later still haven't heard from him but luckily it was a lady in the church that loved him enough to call the police <laughs> You know us guys, we were like, all right, he'll show up one day, right <laughs> But luckily, it was a mother in in the arena. It wasn't his mom, it was just like one of those those community moms. She called the police, Missing persons act uh, or missing persons uh, get out. He was on the news. they They flashed his picture on the news. And then the friend that he was with, playing video games <laughs> said, "Hey, that's you." He's watching the news. It's like, wait, that's you, man. And he's like, what? What Okay. Then, of course, he came back home. And for three days, he was playing video games. Tom got away. Didn't didn't take a change of clothes with him. No toothbrush. (laughs) Just living life. Just living it up, right? (laughs) Where would your family find you if you were gone for three, four days? Would you be on a golf course? Maybe some of us will be at work. You're like, hey man, I got caught. I'm trying to finish this report. And the last thing on our mind is Jesus. Last thing on our mind is God. And the last thing on our mind is the word of God. But Jesus, he knew who he was from, he knew whose son he was. Let me ask you guys this question. Who's your parents? Who do you answer to? Because Jesus realized that I know Mary and Joseph are taking care of me, but I'm in a much bigger picture than just my family unit. Do you realize who we have an opportunity to serve? Because Jesus did. That's why he amazed the teachers, because the teachers, they knew it within their minds, but they didn't know it in their hearts. Sometimes we get to that same place, right? We've heard the scripture before. We could quote Proverbs. We know the different parables. But when it comes down to it, is it transforming who you are where you end up amazing people that are around you? Because that's where the rubber hits the road, right? It's not what church we associate with. It's not what denomination I'm a part of. It's am I living out my purpose as a child of God? Amen. 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 I'm very happy. I want to highlight just uh, some great friends of mine, uh, Fabian and Marissa Gonzalez. You know, many of you guys may know them. Uh, They're in our small group, great people, and they got kids that are our age as well. But uh, one thing that Fabian, he was telling me a few months ago, he's like, man, Clint, you know, I just want to help somebody get into the word. That's what I want to do. I, I just want to help teach somebody the word of God. Because it's something about sitting down with someone and helping bring out spiritual truths to them, right? And he was telling me months ago, he's like, Clint, that's what I want to do. And you got his wife as well. She's she like, hey, man, I just, I just want to share. I want to share with my family. I want to help my family out. I want to help them to see the light and see Jesus. And then Marissa, her little sister, started coming out. She started hanging out with the campus group. She started getting into the Bible and seeing what the Bible, how it was shining light in her life. And how it was uncovering different things that she just didn't know were there. And I'm proud to say, I guess it's been three weeks now, three weeks, now Marissa's sister is now a sister in Christ, amen? She realized who she is a child and daughter of. And Fabian, you know, one of his passions is being a coach. He loves soccer or football. I call it football, brother. He loves it. And, you know, just there, just trying to be a light, just trying to inspire the kids. He had an opportunity to reach out to one of the dads that were there. You know, just reaching out. And the dad had just got reached out to by God, you know. And he's reading his word feverishly. And Fademan asked him, hey, man, you want to sit down and you want to get into the word? Because it's one thing to read the word, but it's one thing to read the word with the fellowship, right? To be able to get You know, that 360 degree of how the word of God is going to impact you. And it's awesome to see that dad here worshiping with his wife with us today, uh, Cody and Lindsay, amen? I'm bringing this up for the fact that being a child of God should mean something. It should have some type of an effect Around the people that you're around. It should be. It's not one of those things, as I mentioned before, it's not a country club. Christianity is not a country club. It's a lifestyle. It's decisions and it's multiple decisions. It's going back to the word when your body tries to take over. When your sinful nature wants to take over for you. It's going back to who am I? I want to be a child of God. I want to do what he says. There's going to be plenty of opportunity. You think about Jesus during this time. You think about Mary going back to Luke chapter 2. So many different thoughts could have went through both of their minds. Jesus being. And also with Mary trying to trust God as she looks for her child. And then it came back to, are we going to trust? Are we going to believe? Because Mary, you have to remember, Mary was told that her child was going to be the king of kings, right? So she had a point, she had a crossroads where was she going to even believe what the angels had told her? What have you been told? What if somebody told you, they're like, man, I see greatness in you. I see greatness in in your high schools that you're at, in your workplaces that you, I see greatness with your dating relationship. I see greatness in your marriage relationship. I see greatness within your children. Then do we believe it? Not only do we believe it, but are we going to live it out? Because you got to live it out too, right? We got to live out the purpose that God has called us to. And then what did Jesus do? After he was found, verse 51, it says, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. He was obedient. And then we see the scripture that I mentioned earlier that his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Her perspective on the event must have been turned upside down because it started off where they were anxiously looking for him she said why did you treat us this way son your father and i have anxiously been searching for you but then at the end of the story we see that she's treasured these things in her heart and one of the things that baffles me about this because we got luke writing this gospel right luke didn't actually walk with jesus He wasn't there. He was one of the writers of the Gospels who wrote his many years after Jesus had died. Scholars think at the earliest he wrote it in 59 AD, which was, what, 26 years or so after Jesus had already died. And we also see that in Luke, in order to write his gospel, he did a thorough investigation with people that had been with Jesus so that his truth could be real truth. Now imagine, how, how did he get this story? Did he get this story directly from Mary? Or did he get this from somebody that Mary had told? But then even however he got this story, that they passed on that Mary had treasured these things in her heart. This is something that left a mark in Mary's life that when she described this story to whoever, be it Luke or another uh, someone, this was something that was very important to her. And I'm pretty sure when her son was up on the cross, when her son died, and when he resurrected, she went back to when he was 12 years old, some 21 years before, and realized And man, all these different things that God had told me, that he prophesied. It's true. It's true. It wasn't wasn't a dream. These were all true things. I'm going to tell you guys here today that this is not a dream. God wants something for you much more than what you even want for yourself. He wants you to be his daughter. He wants you to be his son. He sees the different things that we want to hold on to, that we think are more important than him, that he's like, no, I have something much greater than what you have in your hand right now. But you've got to let go. Mary had to let go. Mary, she had to let God take care of her son. To the point of seeing her son die before her very eyes. And you see from the rest of the scriptures that Mary ended up becoming a child of God as well. You know, she didn't get grandmother in to the the faith, right? She had to come to faith. She had to be baptized into the name of the Father, her son, and the Holy Spirit as well, right? But she ended up Submitting to our God the mother still submitted to the ultimate father and as we have an opportunity to take the bread and the juice right now we have an opportunity to really count the cost of who child do we want to be do we want to be a child where we try to call our own shots where we think we know everything Hopefully our 12-year-old boys, y'all not falling into that category or think you know everything, right? You know, we still got things to learn, but sometimes even as adults, we can get to that place. We don't want to fall into that place. We want to be with Jesus, because Jesus wasn't just saying answers around the teachers. He was asking questions as well. Do Do you want to embrace the life that God has for you, do you want to embrace the lineage that we get with being a child of the Almighty God, and as we take the bread as we take the juice that 's a step it 's not all the steps but that's that 's an opportunity for us to realize that we can't do anything without the help of Jesus we can't do anything without the help of jesus's word and we can't do anything without the body the church that god has given us so as we take this bread as we take this fruit of the wine let's decide to commit to his church let's decide to commit to people that's going to tell us the truth about us let's commit to his word And letting his word be a guide and not just something we do a couple times a week. But instead to be our GPS system. And let's commit to our Jesus. Because he's definitely has committed to us already. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I just thank you for being present. I thank you for giving us reminders. I thank you for giving us stories that we get to dive into to understand more about you and your character, more about your grace and your mercy. And as we look through the story and and see how Mary went from anxious and filled with anxiety to just being marveled by her son and the situation. And how when it's all said and done, Lord, you are always working. You kept her son safe. After four days of being alone or without his mom and dad. And Lord, you want to take care of us as well. You want to be our shelter. You want to be our rock. You want to be our salvation. I just pray that we can understand that you're not just doing that because you just just want to be a dictator. No, you, you love us. You hurt when we hurt. You want to see us advance. You want to see us grow. And just like the different moms in this room where they want the best for their children, how much more do you want the best for us? We thank you again for giving this opportunity to dwell in your word. And I pray now that we abide in your word, that we follow it, that we hold on to it, and let it transform us. We love you, and all this we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen.